Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, Paul Manwaring, founder of Global Legacy of Bethel Church in Reading, speaks on growing fruit in captivity. Well, hello to Ted and Jaina and the Burning Hearts family. And what a privilege it is just to... uh, to use this moment and to jump onto a camera and to use technology and get to just speak to you, to share something with you. And I know you're going to watch uh, a message um, by me that's been pre-recorded, but I also wanted just to say something uh, personal to you all. And of course, uh, to start with uh, Ted and Jaina and the Sawchuck family. And I really do remember that the first time I spoke to Ted and I remember the first time that I met you guys and you had uh, such an impact on me. Of course, Ted, you have spoken uh, such encouragement to me uh, on many occasions and you are uh, a great encouragement, I believe, to the body of Christ. You um, blessed me by agreeing to write um, the foreword to Kisses from a Good God. I had uh, Bill Johnson and Ted. I, I deliberately had these these two bookends um, of faith write uh, a forward for me. And uh, I really appreciate that. And Ted, you, you represent somebody that I deeply, deeply admire, somebody who has genuinely married the natural and the supernatural, uh, who has erased the secular sacred divide, who has bridged the us and them. Um, I'm amazed at what you're doing. Uh, I think I was a little nervous once or twice when I heard you were going to plant a church, uh, but you're doing an amazing job and you called it Burning Hearts. Uh, Based on that incredible verse, um, were our hearts not burning within us? And I've often thought about that. What what an experience that must have been uh, for those disciples on that road and then realizing, uh, gosh, was, was that him? And... Uh, So I I really do uh, love, value and appreciate you. I I love, value and appreciate your encouragement of me, your support of me, but most of all, just your love and your friendship. And I think I finally stopped Jaina from calling me Pastor Paul. I I think I've got there. So um, because we're friends and that's uh, very, very important to me. And there is just this one thing I want to share and you're going to watch uh, a message um, from me. Uh, But one thing I want to share with you uh, personally is that I I had a sense when I just saw on the bottom of an email that that verse again, that that passage, that 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 is not just going to be a tagline, a motto, but it's going to be an experience beyond what you've already experienced, because I know that you've experienced that. You've experienced signs, wonders and miracles and breakthrough. Um, You've experienced people coming to know Jesus. But, but I had a sense when I was just thinking about this, and is there something I should say? The sense I had was quite simply this, that that they've called themselves, they will experience. And it won't be a test. Sometimes I think uh, pastors, preachers are tested by their, their message. It's almost like that's the message that tests them. This, in, in your case, I I believe it's not going to be that. I believe actually this is going to be the message that defines you. This is going to be the phrase that defines you, the experience that defines you, um, a, a real burning hearts experience. And so as as we walk through this unusual uh, season, this extraordinary season, and I really do believe that Lord is is calling us to to recognize the foundation of our lives and to and to 
grab the principles of our lives and to build and to build and to build. And when the people of Israel came out of exile, they built the temple. I believe there's something in that for all of us. But the temple that you are a part of, this burning hearts ministry, you, you are going to be known for that experience. You're going to be known for people experience that that warming i think it was either wesley or whitfield who who talked about that that strange warmth that fire that rose up inside of them so i bless you with fire i bless you with the fire of god i love the phrase in song of solomon the very flame of god the original flame of god uh, and and i love the phrase i think it's at the end of habakkuk there is the hiding of his power there's something going on with you guys to do with the very flame of god and the hiding of his power and the people are going to come and they're going to say our hearts were burning it's it's the, the exposure to the flame of god and the discovery of the hidden power of god it's been hidden for us for you for such a time as this so i look forward very much to uh, to seeing you guys of course ted and jane um, I look forward to that but you know who knows maybe one of these days we'll get back out to uh, to Fargo uh, from here in the UK but for now I bless you um, stay safe uh, I really do love you guys uh, Ted and Jane particularly you're an incredible example to the body of Christ uh, of how to do this and I bless your whole church family in Jesus name amen what a privilege it is today to have the opportunity of sharing with you through the most unusual season this extraordinary time that we found ourselves living in and I uh, like many of you have been uh, finding myself picking up my Bible and, and reading and, and praying and, and just seeking the Lord and, and taking communion and listening to worship songs as we as we walk through this season together and one of the thoughts that I had uh, about a week or so ago, um, really about the sort of the first two or three days of, of our lockdown here uh, in the UK, I, I, I was just thinking and I realized that you cannot really understand uh, the Bible very well without understanding something of exile, of captivity, of wilderness, of journeys and of waiting. It, it is so much a part of the story of the Bible. And I had impressed on me this thought to, and to be honest, I would go as far as this, say that the Lord uh, said to me, have a look at what the prophets speak into captivity and look at what the psalmists sing as they come out of captivity or exile. Uh, and that's why I want to start by reading a, a psalm, which I, I love very much. And I've called this message Growing Fruit in Captivity. For one, for one of a better title, here we are. Um, in exile, captivity, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. And Psalm 126, I, I'm reading here in the New International Version of the Bible. Uh, this psalm is one of the psalms that's called a song, a song or psalm of ascent. In other words, it's a song about going up. We're, we're coming out of something, approaching uh, the temple or, or coming out of captivity. And there are a group of psalms that have that title. And this is one of those. And this is what the psalmist says. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us 
and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. What a, what a great psalm this is and what a great psalm to read at such a time as this. And as I looked through it, I, I, I picked up just four uh, points, four themes, and I want to talk about those and unpack them a little bit more. And, and you've probably got access to the notes that uh, I've produced to go with this. And you'll find with the notes that for every one of the four points, there's a, an action or a do and there's a declare, there's something to say. And I want to just encourage you to do that um, with me or after you've listened to this. You see, this psalm talks of tears. And I want to suggest that tears are the evidence of grief. And we're going to have a look at, at grief. And I think that's important for us to do that at this time. And then we have sowing, which I want to suggest is the evidence of life. And then we have joy, which I... I I believe is the evidence of hope. And then we, we have the phrase, we were like those who dreamed, which is evidence of dreaming. In other words, I want to suggest that in their captivity, they, there was grief, there was life, there was hope, and there was dreaming. And so let's just start by having a look at, at grief. And I've just written a key point down there for this. Don't try and carry your grief. Grief carried leads to doubt, but grief given to Jesus leads to faith. Sue, who probably should be credited with at least half of this message, um, was talking to me about this. And she said, you know, I think one of the things that we need to recognize is that it's okay to express grief or sadness or pain or disappointment over even just the small things you know, because sometimes it's very tempting. We look around and we see people with, with great loss and great tragedy. And it's very tempting to kind of think, well, you know, mine's only small. You know, I shouldn't really feel sad or, or in pain about that. But actually, that's not true at all. It, you know, our, our little grandson, Fletcher, you know, he's, he's in the lockdown. And, it, it's, you know, it's birthday during this, this time. It, it's disappointing. It's sad. It's okay to acknowledge that, you know, as a grandma, in Sue's case, not hugging her eight-year-old on his birthday, that's sad. There's, there's a degree of pain there. And it, it doesn't matter, you know, how big or how small ours is. Now, as long as we understand that there are other people going through so much more, but the worst thing we can do is to bottle up that pain or that grief or that sense of loss. Because, you know, it, it really is important. I, I want to read, uh, there's a couple of passages I want to read. And, you know, quite a few uh, pieces of the Bible that I'm sharing today, scriptures. But Psalm 84, 5 to 7, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which means tears or weeping, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Why am I reading that? Because... We see this transition from tears that become springs. It's important for us to, to grieve. It's important for us just to, to allow sadness or disappointment. Now, of course, there are some whose grief is the most unthinkable of circumstances that have happened to them. 
And, you know, we really are living in unprecedented times, times when, you know, people are, are suffering loss and not being able to have times to celebrate the passing of a loved one. It's, it's unthinkable that that would have happened to us. And so I recognize and know that there may even be some watching this whose, whose loss or pain is, is huge. But I also just want to encourage each one of you, don't carry your grief. Don't bottle it up. Uh, lay it at the feet of Jesus. Because Isaiah 53, one of my favorite passages, and I know one that many of us will, will know and will refer to. He was despised and rejected of men. You know, this is talking about Jesus. This is a prophecy about Jesus, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It's an extraordinary phrase, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, familiar with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. He bore them. And he carries them. And I think it's really important that we, we recognize this. I want to encourage you. The do for this point is allow yourself to acknowledge loss. From small disappointments, children missing parties, to the more serious losses of these times. Your loss matters to him. And it is essential to give it to him. And I actually believe that pearls are the product of pain submitted to the foot of the cross. Pearls are made by irritation in the oyster where some parasite or some sand gets in and irritates, causes pain to the oyster and the oyster covers that grit, that parasite day by day and produces the pearl. That's how pearls are made and that's why the 12 gates I believe are the 12 pearls. I believe that those pearls were created by the suffering, the pain of our Lord Jesus Christ who created the very gateways into heaven and we can create gateways on this life as we submit our pain to the foot of the cross and our experience creates gateways for other people to step through as they experience their pain. Don't carry your pain, however big, however small, and declare, Jesus bore my griefs and carried my sorrows. Don't be afraid of grief in this season. And then the second point to, to live while you wait. Remember, sowing is the evidence of living. You don't sow seed if you're not living. And I think it's really important for us to stay active and focused uh, in this time. You know, a number of people have talked and, uh, about about rhythm, about, about life, about, you know, not getting, staying in your pyjamas all day if you're on lockdown or, or those kind of scenarios. Get up, have some routine, have some rhythm, live. It's essential to our physical, our emotional and our spiritual well-being that we adopt this, this posture of living. When I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, we, we were on a walk around our trail near our house in California. Uh, and Sue said to me, she said, you know, we've got to have a life during this season. We've got to live, Paul. We've got to live. We've got to have a life. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, you know, there they are in, in captivity or exile. This is what the Lord Almighty, Jeremiah 29.5 says. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile. That, that's a fascinating phrase on its own. He carried them into exile. See, I don't believe that God caused this, but I believe he's carrying us in it. And, and it's what he says. Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat. Now, 
I don't think we're meant to settle down in the same way as this. But the message is the same. Live. We need to live in this season. I would encourage every one of you to to do the best you can to live. A couple of key things for me are these. Do something every day you're good at. It's just good for you to do something you're good at, to feel that you succeeded in something and do something that, that you love or that brings you life. And, you know, for me, there are a number of things. I, I love making great coffee. I, I love cooking uh, on, a, on a very clever little barbecue I've got outside. I, they're things that I love. I love. I love photography. Do something you love and, and do something that you're good at each day. See, here's Psalm 27, another favorite um, verses 4 and 5 and then 13 and 14. One thing I ask from the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Interesting, there weren't temples when that was written. Uh, I think the temple is creation, it's life, it's the world. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. And then verse 13 and 14, I remain confident of this. You know, if you seek the Lord, if you live through this season, you can rightly be confident of this. I will see, I will taste the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If you live verses 4 and 5, you can be confident that you will taste of the goodness of the Lord. It's, it's a sequence. And I just want to encourage you, do something on a daily basis that brings you life. Do something. Uh, Sue and I are, are walking regularly. We, we get to do that. We're uh, sometimes looking out the window and taking some photographs of red kites that are flying by. We're, we're, we're doing the best we can to live in this season, uh, to access life. So I encourage you to do that and declare. Because this, this is extraordinary. This is in Psalm 84. Uh, that we go from strength to strength. Do you know, I'm believing this. We're going to come out of this stronger than we went in. We're going to be stronger as individuals. We're going to be stronger as families. We're going to be stronger as a, as a local church community. We're going to come out stronger. We're going to go from strength to strength. So don't be afraid of grieving and make sure to do things that bring life to you on a daily basis. And, and then the third one I, is, is this, that joy is the evidence of hope. And here's the thing. Biblical hope doesn't grow when everything's going right. Biblical hope grows in the wilderness. And it's an incredible sequence. I love the subject of hope in the Bible. But we've got the valley of trouble. We're going to read this in a moment in Hosea. And there is where hope emerges. And the Apostle Paul, he talks a lot about hope. And the Apostle Paul, he said this, hope does not disappoint. That's an extraordinary statement. Paul didn't learn about hope in a college dormitory, in a lecture. He didn't learn about it there. He learned hope when he was in prison, beaten, shipwrecked, left for dead, hungry. That's where he learned. And that's why later on in Romans chapter 5, which he would have written later in his life, he was able to say, I have learned to rejoice in my troubles, knowing that, that troubles, tribulations, they bring about perseverance and perseverance character and character hope and hope does not disappoint. You see, in, in Psalm 126, we see joy and joy is the evidence of hope. And it's really important for us to cultivate hope and hope is cultivated in the wilderness, in the difficult places. 
And Hosea says this, Therefore I'm going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and I will make the valley of Achor, which means trouble, a doorway of hope. God is creating doorways of hope for us in this season. And joy is the evidence of hope. We might sow with tears, but we're going to reap with joy. Because when we sowed those in tears, there was hope inside of us. Hope that was birthed out of learning to rejoice in our tribulations. Not rejoice for them, but rejoice in them. And that's what we're learning to do. That's what worship helps us to do. To worship here in the midst of what we do not understand is a gift. We'll never get to do that in heaven. For all the answers will be on display. We'll see him in all his glory. But here on earth, when we worship in the midst of what we do not understand, it is a gift. It is a privilege that we get to be a part of. And Psalm 84, I've already read it, but verse 6, As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. If you can believe that as you, in your tears, in your grief, in your sadness, you're actually watering the ground and you are creating places of hope. You're creating places where life will emerge from. You see, the Christian faith is extraordinary. You know, love, faith, and hope, those three, those three great ones, you don't really need them when everything's going right. You need them in the opposite of circumstances. You need hope in the wilderness. You need faith when you can't see the answer. And you need love in the presence of your enemies. I want to encourage you. This is a season, I believe, where we are going to grow in hope. And you know, hope is related to faith. It, it, it leads to faith. It, it's, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. You see, hope creates joy. Hope creates faith. This is our journey. It's what we're a part of. I want to encourage you, focus on something which gives you hope each day. Uh, Sue and I stood and looked at some ivy growing on a fence earlier on and there were there was the dark leaves and there was the fresh green such a contrast between the two or look at the beautiful blossom the cherry blossom or maybe just some little spring flowers that are growing up on the side of the road the daffodils are turning here now but I love the daffodils look at things that bring you hope that show you that there's a new season there's a new season breaking in in the natural and there's a new season in the spiritual. We, we are going to pass through this and we're going to come through in strength. We're going to go from strength to strength. So I want you to do that every day. Concentrate on a testimony as faithfulness. Sue and I, when I went through prostate cancer, we would tell ourselves, we'd remind ourselves, he's never let us down before and he's not about to start now. Just share testimonies. Look at the blossom. Find the good news stories. Limit the amount of news that you listen to because if you can focus on the goodness of God, on his faithfulness, in the midst of what you do not understand, you will become a creator of hope and a releaser of joy in what you do. And then lastly, dreaming. You see, it, it, the, Psalm 126 says, we were like those who dreamed. You see, your dreams can't be fulfilled if you haven't dreamed them. You have to dream. You have to risk the dream to dream. I believe that one day we're going to pinch ourselves. 
We're going to be in groups of people and we're going to pinch ourselves. And we're going to say to each other, we were like those who dreamed of days like this. You see, Psalm 126, I, I love it in the New American Standard. We were like those who dreamed when the Lord restored the captivity. It's a strange translation, but what it really means is this. When the Lord restored everything that was robbed, stolen, lost because of our captivity. We were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. I, I, I believe that this is a season to learn to dream. And I want to encourage you to do that. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Desires is, is another way of saying dreams. And Sue and I, we were walking, I told you this is really her message and not mine. When we were walking uh, the other day, um, she said something like this. She said, uh, when this is over, I want you to take me on a date. So, okay. The date, it's not an expensive one. She wants tea in Windsor Castle because they're opening a new cafe in Windsor Castle. She wants a date having tea. She wants a picnic by the Copper Horse where we, we walk there. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to dream some things, to dream some small things, not big things, things maybe that don't even cost very much money. This is your do for this fourth one. Write a list of five small things that you will do when this is over, that you can't do at the moment, and that you never want to take for granted ever again. It might be a cup of tea in the cafe in Windsor Castle. It might be sitting with a friend, just quietly. It might be buying something that you can't buy at the moment. Write just a simple list of five things. Let's be like those that dreamed so that one day we'll sit and pinch ourselves and go, we dreamed of this. Because I know that Sue and I are going to sit in Windsor Castle Cafe and we're going to have a cup of tea together there and we'll say to each other, we dreamed of this. Or the picnic by the Copper Horse or whatever it is for you. This is your do for this one. Write down the list. Maybe, the, maybe it's to be with someone. Maybe it's to visit somewhere. Maybe it's to eat something. Maybe it's to do something. Maybe it's to buy something you can't buy right now. Something that's not on the shelves that you really enjoy having. And then I want to dare you to risk one big dream as well in this season. What is it? Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's a particular holiday. Maybe it's your career, a job opportunity. I want to encourage you. Dream. Dream those Five small ones and then dream the big one. And declare this with me. We will pinch ourselves one day and say we were like those who dreamed of this day. And we will forever be changed because we're going to come through this. Going from strength to strength. I do believe we're going to live lives differently after this. Declare with me. I'm dreaming with God in this season. And in conclusion, I want to say this. The Bible is full of captivity exile, waiting, and journeying. It's full of it. But the Bible is also full of prophets who prophesy into these difficult times. Words like, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future, not for calamity. That's a prophet prophesying into exile. And the Bible is full of songs, sung while waiting and sung after the breakthrough. Mouths filled with joy and laughter. I encourage you, read the words that the prophet said into captivity and sing the songs that the psalmist, even modern day psalmists, are giving us to sing on our way out. Because I want to end by telling you this, our God is the God of the breakthrough.
It says it in 2 Samuel 5.20, 1 Chronicles 14.11 and Isaiah 28.21. He's the God of the breakthrough. It's actually his name, Baal Perazim, God or master of the breakthrough. Let's declare together, our God is the God of the breakthrough. He's breaking through for me. He's breaking through for us. He's breaking through for our family. He's the God of the breakthrough. And I bless you to know that he is the God of the breakthrough. He's breaking through for you. And whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever your circumstance, however challenging this season is for you, whether it's loneliness, isolation, maybe it is that you are not able to get as much as you need food-wise. Maybe you're concerned for loved ones. Maybe you're concerned for yourself, for your future, for your financial security, concern for your health. Whatever it is, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And I declare that he is the God of the breakthrough. He is faithful. He is the faithful one. And there is none like him. And he sent his son Jesus so that we would have the answer. I've sung in my head for months now. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. I had no idea that we would step into a season like this. But nothing has changed the words of that song. He was the answer before it. He's the answer in it. And he'll be the answer after it. Our God is the God of the breakthrough. And I just encourage you, don't carry your grief. Give your grief to Jesus, however big or small it feels right now. Live in this season. I just encourage you to do that. And cultivate hope in this season. Feed yourself on good news stories so that you become a carrier of hope and a releaser of joy. And dream. Dream in this season. The little dreams, the fun dreams, the places you're going to go, the people you're going to be with, the things you're going to do. Dream in this season and even dream the big through, big dream. And know this. His name is Baal Perazim, the God of the breakthrough. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.